Welcome to the Lisa Wexler Show podcast. Think of it like a magazine or a box of chocolates. You never know what you'll get. From politics to pop culture, healthcare to legal issues, it's all here. And my behind-the-wheel chats are personal observations created especially for you on podcast only. Enjoy. Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the award-winning movie, Poor Things, starring Emma Stone, Mark Ruffalo, and Willem Dafoe. Check out the new documentary, Freaknik, The Wildest Party Never Told, about the iconic Atlanta street party. And don't miss FX's Shogun, a reimagining of the epic tale starring Anna Sawai. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at UH1.com. Winston Preparatory School is a leading school network for students with learning disabilities. Learn more about Winston Prep and register for an open house at www.winstonprep.edu. County, and I drive the main road, searching in the sun for another overload. I hear you singing in the wire. I can hear you through the wire. One of the Greatest songs, I think, of all time. Rolling Stone naming it one of the 500 greatest songs of all time. And particularly apropos because the composer of that song, Jimmy Webb, will be joining us at 1130 today. And I was thinking about that as a kind of an appropriate introduction to our next guest, Senator Chris Murphy. Because, Senator Murphy, you've been talking about loneliness and Wichita Lineman, in my mind, stands as one of the greatest songs ever written about being lonely in America. Welcome back to the show, Senator Murphy. Hi. Hey, how are you? Thanks for having me back. Wasn't that a great song, Wichita Lineman? Wasn't that just one of the best? Love that song. Uh, It it might be a little bit before my time, but uh, yeah, it's lovely. Okay, maybe it is. Maybe it is. You know, we tend to think of contemporary songs as being contemporary for everybody. (laughs) Maybe they're not. Maybe they're not. It was very influential for me. So, Senator Murphy, I'm really intrigued by your dialogue about loneliness. Tell us what's on your mind. Well, listen, I just feel like there's something wrong out there in America today. You sort of see this in, you know, the way that we seem to be at each other's throats. We can't have polite disagreements any longer. You have people getting shot because they're knocking on the wrong door or pulling into the wrong driveway. There's just a feeling that we're all on edge. There's a lot of reasons for that. But one of the reasons is that there's a real epidemic of loneliness and aloneness out there. If you look at teenagers, for instance, um, 60% of teenagers today report that they um, are experiencing intense feelings of loneliness and isolation. Adults are feeling more lonely than ever before as well. A lot of men are feeling that way, young parents. 
Uh, and you know, some of that doesn't have an answer from government, but some of it does. Some of this is because we have very intentionally gutted uh, our communities, made it harder for churches and social clubs to survive. Some of this is because we've allowed this technology to develop in a way that addicts us, especially our kids, to our screens and pulls us away from in-person conduct contact. So as a parent, you know, I definitely see um, these kids today. I've got a teenager and a preteen as, you know, being less healthy and less connected to their peers as they were a generation ago. And I just feel like this is a really interesting conversation to have it politically because it actually doesn't fall easily on left-right lines. People who are on the right are feeling lonely and want a solution. People on the left are feeling alone and want a way out. So for me, it's um, a great way for us to try to build bridges. So I was thinking about that and connecting the dots. I saw that you and some others were leading the way towards trying to introduce a bill that would give parents more control over social media and allow for certain boundaries and uses that would have to have parental consent. And by the way, there was a legislator in Connecticut who tried to create that geofence. I don't think the bill went anywhere this year, but we talked about it a lot on our show. But I saw that in Utah. I don't know if you saw this this morning, Senator Murphy. In Utah, they passed a law insisting on parental consent, I think for 16 and under. And in response, Pornhub, a leading, I guess, purveyor of pornography, created a white wall against all Utah users. So this morning, and this is, I think, very related to loneliness, by the way, because there's a very big correlation between addiction to pornography and loneliness, a very obvious one. And um, so in Utah this morning, if you woke up and you wanted to watch your porn, you were told that you couldn't watch it because the legislators had done something that the porn industry found offensive. Now, I would really like to hear your your reaction to that as a U.S. Senator? Well, you're right. Just, uh, last week, I introduced a, a bill, kind of a groundbreaking bill, with uh, a group of senators, um, four of us, two very conservative Republicans, and then myself and Senator Brian Schatz from Hawaii. We're both pretty progressive. But what unites all four of us is that we're all parents of young kids. Uh, three of us have teenagers. Uh, Tom Cotton, one of the Republicans, has younger kids. Um, and we really feel a lack of control um, when it comes to the way that our kids are interacting online. Um, you know, this isn't like when I was growing up when, you know, I was sitting in the living room in front of a TV. My parents could see what was on the TV. They knew exactly what show was coming on after the show that I was watching. Mm -hmm. um, we have no we have no idea what our kids are looking at uh, when they log on to TikTok and these other social media sites where the algorithm is literally in real time feeding them information based upon what they are swiping and what they're watching. And so you are right that oftentimes these sites are feeding these kids totally inappropriate content, a lot of softcore pornography at the very least. Mm -hmm. um, but often it's even darker. I mean, sometimes kids that are you know, contemplating self-harm are getting videos on TikTok, essentially goading them into hurting themselves. Uh, and TikTok hasn't, and, and these other companies, they have not been able to fix this. And so we introduced a bill saying, if you are between the ages of 13 and 18, um, these companies can't use these algorithms uh, to 
um, boost content to you based upon your personal information. Our bill says if you're under 13, you can't be on these sites at all. Mm -hmm. And it does give the right to parents to sign off before their kids get online. It requires parental consent. It's a tough bill. There's no doubt about it. There's, you know, people that don't like it, um, who have First Amendment concerns. But I just know as a parent that we need more tools to try to protect our kids from the really rough edges of online existence right now. And uh, I think this is a way to build a conversation about how to protect our kids from loneliness by making sure that they don't get addicted to these screens and they have more reasons to go out and actually, you know, hang out with their friends, do the stuff that kids used to do a lot more of. You're listening to Senator Chris Murphy. I, I happen to agree with you. And, uh, you know, there's very little that I admire or like about China. Uh, but I was very taken with a with a an op-ed piece by a parent who had recently spent 10 years in China who said that the Chinese government was a better helper to her as a parent of young children because of the guardrails that they put around social media and video games. Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. So I, I, I really get what you're saying, but what, I'm, what I would like to hear is what do you make of the fact that the porn industry has decided to ban Utah? And how long do you think will it be before even in Utah, which one might consider one of the most conservative places in this country, they relent so that the people there can have their porn? I mean, really, if you had to take bets, what do you think it's going to be? <laughs> yeah, I don't know all of the details of that bill and you know why it affects uh, you know, that particular uh, industry. What are they making um, a stand? Know, they don't want any guardrails yeah. on any social media. That's what they said. Well, listen, the tech industry writ large, you know, whether it be the you know, pornography industry or the social media industry, is going to come after um, our bill, is going to come after the Utah bill. Arkansas passed a similar bill because they make money off of feeding off of our insecurities and anxieties, right? They pit us against each other by boosting really polarizing, hateful content. Uh, and I just don't think that's a business model that we should accept. You know, we didn't ban automobiles because they were dangerous. We just passed regulations to make sure that if you bought an automobile, 
um, that it was as safe as it could be. And so I'm not that interested actually in banning social media um, or TikTok. I just think that we should have guardrails to make sure, especially when our kids are interacting with these sites, that they you know, don't get sent into really dangerous, dark places if they're in crisis or if they're clicking on content that's inappropriate for uh, for them. So I, I'm not somebody that supports, you know, banning certain content or banning certain websites. I, I think you can just encourage these social media companies, especially when they interact with kids, to be more responsible. Yeah, and we have a history of making very different rules for people under the age of 18 than we do for everybody else. And that's, you know, just speaking as a lawyer, I mean – in terms of justification and reasonableness, even around the First Amendment. Uh, it's an easier sell than anything to adults, for example. Uh, we're chatting with Senator Chris Murphy. And uh, Senator Murphy, congratulations on your re-election run. Uh, is there anything you want to tell us right now? We'll be happy to have you on many times before your election. But about why you're running for a third term. What's that about? Why? Yeah, the, you know, the election isn't until next November. So, you know, I'll have plenty of time to you know, talk to people in Connecticut, why uh, I'm hopeful that uh, people will hire me uh, again. I do, and I just feel so lucky that I get to do this job. Um, you know, my mom grew up in public housing in New Britain, Connecticut, and she just thinks it's such a miracle that in this country, a kid, you know, one generation removed from poverty could be a United States senator. I still have a lot to learn, um, but uh, I do think I'm getting better and more effective at the job. Uh, you know, last year I was able to you know, break a 30-year logjam on the issue of guns and pass legislation uh, that, you know, finally puts our country headed in the right direction on tightening our gun laws to reduce gun violence. Um, I'm I'm able to do a lot more big bipartisan work than I was when I first showed up in Congress. And and the social media bill is another example of that. So, you know, I hope people see that I'm, you know, somebody that's able to get stuff done. I hope people see how much I love this job and feel totally privileged to have it. And you know, the election is still a ways away. I'm not yes. a believer in running two two year <laughs> campaigns. So I'll 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 make a more specific application for the position uh, you know, next summer and next fall. But for now I just hope people know that I feel really, really grateful to to, to have the job and to get to represent the state. Senator Murphy, are you coming into our neighborhood, our part of Connecticut anytime in the next few days, over the next week, where you invite anybody listening to WICC to come see you? Yeah, I'm. I'm. You know, I'll be back this this weekend as I am. You know, uh, virtually every uh, every weekend as soon as votes are done. You know, one of the things that um, I hope people are paying attention to is we're doing some very specific town. Normally, I do town halls on you know any subject people want to talk about, but I'm doing some very specific town halls around the state on housing uh, because it's you've talked about this a lot on your show. It's such a big issue trying to figure out the right housing policy to build more units that people can afford uh, in Connecticut to keep our young people in the state. Uh, so I'm, I hope people sort of take, a, I don't have anyone to announce right now, but I'm, I'm going to be announcing more of these community meetings to talk specifically about housing policy. Uh, I know we're going to be scheduling one down in Fairfield County soon and hope people will keep their eyes out for that. Yeah, we will. I mean, obviously we love, you know, when, when Governor Lamont said what he said about Houston, of course, you know, the mayor of Houston got offended. But honestly, everybody knows Houston's one of the ugliest uh, cities in the country. And <laughs> it is. And one of the reasons is because it's one of the only cities in the country that, you know, is proud of the fact that it is no zoning or land policy whatsoever. I mean, you can build a commercial industrial whatever next to a house and it's OK. And God bless laissez-faire, whatever works for them. Doesn't work for us here in Connecticut. We love our 
169 different communities and towns. And you know how much volunteer time goes into flood and erosion control and conservation commissions and zoning commissions and zoning boards of appeals. You know, Chris Murphy, because you know. And um, so we really care about the way Connecticut looks. And that's the challenge, right? We, we all want to have communities that embrace everybody to be able to live here. But we don't want to do it at the expense of feeding greedy developers and, uh, and damaging our coastal wetlands and damaging very fragile ecosystems that we've worked really hard to keep or to renovate, you know, to, to restore. So it's, it's a challenge, housing policy. It really is. Well, I'm looking forward to, you know, hearing from people about, you know, how we balance the need to build more housing and, uh, and sort of keeping uh, environmental you know, quality is a as a top concern and preserving the sort of character of our, of our communities. I, I just think right now we have erred uh, uh, too often on the side of not building uh, enough affordable units in this uh, in the state. And I'm talking about houses. I'm talking about apartments. It's just a real crisis all around our country. We're just not going to be able to afford to live in Connecticut if we don't find a way to sort of uh, keep control of housing costs. So I think there's a way to balance this. And so that's why I'm doing a lot of listening right now is I, you know, I don't, I don't have the answers. The people I represent have the answers. And so I'm just going to, you know, give them the, the keys to the car and let them uh, tell me what they think we should be doing to solve both those problems you identified. Okay. Senator Chris Murphy, thanks for joining us today. You're always welcome back on the show and we pay attention to everything you're doing in DC here on WICC. So thank you so much for joining us today. Thanks, Lisa. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Thank you for listening. If you liked what you heard, please share it with your friends. And as always, feel free to contact me at lisa at lisawexler.com.